0: Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill And I'm here with my longtime buddy, Grace Scarred Dog, Steve. Hello, everybody. We're glad you're here, as always. We're
0: asking God to give us a good, clear podcast today. Like Paul said, pray for me that I may proclaim the gospel clearly and boldly, as I should. Well, That's what we're asking the Lord to do. Just do the podcast for us, Lord. we'll give you all the glory so all the glory goes to God for this podcast as it did for every other podcast we
1: ever did we have a little business to take care of we have to clear up a mistake that was made did someone last... make
0: a mistake
1: they did huh <laughs> someone misspelled bailed oh. on the podcast oh, oh. oh.
0: And uh,
1: I, you're currently in litigation with your third grade teacher aren't you
0: M- Mrs. Brossite told me that for the rest of my life I could depend on that rule that I comes before E except after C. And V. I depended. She never the, told you about... She never told me about V. Can you believe that? It was veiled to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we wish to apologize, but it, yeah, look, Steve I believed his third grade teacher... and she lied to him yeah it was actually a a typo it was actually a typo so correct that if you can and uh, hopefully yes it won't discredit our Guardians of Grace ministry
0: yeah so this podcast will be titled Unveiled Spelled Correctly
1: because we own up to our mistakes that's right here at Guardians of Grace well could you give us a a little bit of review last week?
0: Yes. Last week we were we did a podcast called Unveiled Eyes and we, we showed that how there's been a new covenant and in this new covenant the veil was removed in regard to our ability To live up to God's expectations that veil was removed and we found that we could not live up to God's expectations and that's what the Old Testament was there to teach us that we couldn't live up to those expectations but it also in this new covenant the veil was removed over our eyes. That we use all day because we live by faith and not by sight. And when we're living by faith and not sight, we can actually see. Just like Jesus said, He who has eyes, let him see, and he who has ears, let him hear. They all had eyes and ears. this was a whole crowd 5,000, 10,000 people. There's plenty of eyes and ears out there, but he was talking about the spiritual eyes and ears, the the eyes and ears that see by faith and by faith in this new gospel and the revelation that if we see good, we are not seeing ourselves doing good. No, no the the veil actually allows us to now realize that when we see good being done it's being done by no other than christ in us the hope of glory and we can actually see god manifest himself throughout the day and that's what these epistles are teaching us ephesians colossians Every last one of the epistles are teaching us that we can see God in people. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus says, I'm there in their midst. And we can see that it's Jesus, just like in 1 Corinthians 4, where it says, light shall shine out of darkness so that we can have the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We live in treasured earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not of our selves. You see, it's been unveiled to us that we are the earthen vessels and the power to do good is not of us but it is of God and we can see God when we see good that's why God said Jesus said why do you call me good only God is good he's the only one that manifests good because he manifests himself through here this is the new covenant doctrine that Paul called his way of life in Christ Jesus that he preached everywhere in every church every church he went to he told people how to see manifestations of God by explaining to them that they have a human nature In a spiritual nature They have the mind of Christ And the mind of God That's why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians 3 You have the mind of Christ But I could not address you As spiritual people But only as natural people I gave you milk Not solid food Because you were not able To receive it yet You were walking like mere men he told the Corinthians that they were manifesting the human nature. They were walking as mere human beings and not showing that they had the mind of Christ, even though they did. But Paul could tell, and if they were showing the mind of Christ, Paul would have immediately given them credit for it because he, he could see. When, in, when we're not manifesting the spirit of God, but it is a new covenant doctrine that is foundational to understanding the new covenant judicial system. Which is, you do good works, people give you credit for it, and you say, it's not me, it's God in me doing it. And if they couldn't see God, you tell them that it was God.
1: store up treasures in heaven we have this treasure in jars of clay that the all-surpassing excellency would be clearly to be seen of God and not of us so all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge all the treasures of fruit produced by the spirit was darkened under the old covenant it was veiled under the old covenant and we went to another one in Isaiah 25 where it says what God will on that mountain which would be Mount Zion not Mount Sinai we went over that last week too he said on that mountain the veil shall be removed so he's prophesying in Isaiah 25 about the new covenant where the veil is removed which is what Paul's argument is in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 3 and 4 especially about having unveiled eyes. It's some of his prayers. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It means the same as unveiling. The spirit of unveiling. Yeah, just to finish up your review for you. Sorry to mm-hmm. go for and, it. interrupt go for you. It. We saw that this new covenant was spoken about. And I want to go to one of the probably most quoted verses in the New Testament. I would say would be John 15 about the abiding yeah I am the vine and you are the ban- branches yeah I am the vine you are the branches if you abide in me I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit now under the old covenant there was no such thing as abiding in God well there was but they didn't know about no it it was veiled from them
0: it it was a mysterion it was a a mystery a secret that was alluded to several times in the old testament just not brought out clearly like it is in the new testament
1: so in the old covenant god kept it hidden Mm -hmm. with the two-party covenant and remember That was also what we learned last couple podcasts, that righteousness is a covenant term. And in a two-party covenant, if God did his part, he is righteous. If God waits on us, he's righteous. If we do our part, we're righteous in a two-party covenant. And what do we find out about the Abrahamic covenant, Steve? That was a
0: one-part covenant. He made that while Abraham was asleep. And it says he made it so that the promises would be sure. Leaving
1: no doubt for us.
0: Yes. That's in
1: Galatians, he says. I I did this so that the promises would be sure. And so the whole idea of John 15, the vine and the branches, was not a new thing, was it? Not
0: if you... well, not from a New New Testament, the vantage point of having read the New Testament and having your eyes unveiled. Then, then you see that it's not a new point, that it was
1: brought out several times in the Old Testament. Yeah, I should rephrase it. What wasn't known in the Old Covenant was the vine was actually a person. And who was that? Jesus was the vine. Yes. Israel was the branches. Yes. And if we could maybe look at Isaiah, it's Isaiah 5, right? Yes. Or is it 1? I think it's 5. Yeah, I think it's 5. Maybe if Guard Dog Steve could read maybe Isaiah 5, 1 through 5.
0: Let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard my well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill and he dug all around it and removed the stones from it and he planted the choicest vine and he built a tower in the middle of it and he hewed out a wine vat in it, then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why, when I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? Why?
1: That's the question. And the answer's actually veiled. It is veiled. So, just to set it up, he's talking about a two-party covenant. Yes. And so far, we we see a lot of my I I I I did this. He 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 did this. Speaking about God on His part, He did everything, and then He says, "Judge, who didn't do their part? Their part was to produce grapes, good fruit. Did God do all of His part yes. for Israel? And there's one more party involved. That's us. That's man, humans." so they produce a bunch of good grapes because God set them up to that's what they failed to
0: do after he made a picture perfect vineyard for them they
1: failed to produce good fruit well there's a word and we're familiar with the word and if you listen regular listener to the Guardians of Grace podcast you're familiar with the word can you read Isaiah 5 4 again
0: What more was there to do for my vineyard that I haven't already done? Why, when I waited or expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones?
1: Why, when I waited for it? And we learned that waited is that word kabah, and it's a a combining intertwining so, intertwining so there was no issue it says god kavad waited mhm does it say israel waited they did not
0: intertwine their their strength with his strength otherwise they would have produced good fruit they abided in their own human strength and therefore they failed
1: well, isn't there another portrayal of a vine and branches in John 15? Yes. And just off my memory, I think he Jesus says, I am the vine, by the way. <laughs> and he says, you are the branches. If you try real hard and be mm, committed, not you'll not produce. Quite, not quite. Sorry, I left something. If you try hard, you have an accountability partner. No, 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 no. If you
0: abide in me, if you depend on me, if you wait on me, if you intertwine your strength with mine,
1: you'll produce produce much fruit. fruit.
0: If you abide in my power. For apart from me,
1: you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing is pretty much the moral of what we were supposed to learn under the old covenant. Why he gave the law, right?
0: That is the moral to the old covenant
1: that we can not bear any fruit. And the purpose of the new covenant, I think, is spelled out perfectly in John 15.
0: Me too. Me too. That's where I think. The goal of the new covenant. Yeah. You you can't read it enough it, it, because it, it separates the old covenant from the
1: new covenant. Both covenants had one goal in mind to produce good fruit. One of them did. One of them did not
0: one of them proved that we can and one of them
1: showed us the way to do it so before we go to John 15 let's just review there was a vine branch supposed to produce fruit and the fruit production came from the branches gritting their teeth purposing working really hard committing putting their best effort all their effort and really, Israel did this.
0: They put in their effort, but they didn't produce any fruit. They produced no fruit. They produced the statement that Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. They used the vine illustration, and God said, I set up the whole vineyard for you. Now be the branches that bear fruit. And didn't he say in Isaiah, y- you didn't bear any fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, or you didn't do anything there. That's what the law was supposed to teach us. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin in Romans.
1: And now we're going to see that everything is all done for us, and it's really part of the promise. It was part of the
0: promise from
1: way back
0: in Genesis again, where we were going to get the promised Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus is just about to deliver on that thing. He's in the upper room discourse.
1: Yeah, so from last podcast, we saw that the ultimate promise was the promise of the Holy Spirit in Galatians. Right. But it said we all had the blessing of Abraham. Remember, you kept saying, I'll bless you, I'll bless all the nations, I'll bless all the people, I'll bless all all mankind. Mm -hmm. And the blessing was the gift of righteousness. His righteousness as a gift to you. You're credited with being righteous. Not righteous because you kept the covenant. Because the old covenant was, I planted the vine, you need to produce fruit, and they failed. And they failed. And he said the promises
0: were in order that it would come true. To, the gift of the Holy Spirit would actually happen. God made it all depend on God,
1: So as now he Jesus, always does. And now Jesus is having the upper room discourse. He's about to go to the cross and pay for all the mistakes made in the two-party covenant. And all sin for all time for all people. Yes. He's going to bring that to a close so he can bring in this new covenant, which is the whole new covenant is abiding. I am the true vine. He's really saying I'm the true Israel.
0: Yes, I'm the true Israel. But here we we go. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he lifts it up that it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you so he's telling them that they're already Vessels that
1: he can use. It's another way of saying they're already righteous.
0: They're already righteous, yes. You are already clean because of the words which I spoke to you. Now abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. He's telling them, I am the source of accomplishment. Then he goes on to say, I am the vine again. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing, which is exactly what the Old Testament, the Old Covenant taught us, that we cannot accomplish the deeds that please God. We cannot attain the level of righteousness that God accepts. So it's hopeless with man. But with God, all things are possible. So Jesus is giving us the intro into the new covenant where he puts his spirit in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So here in John, he's, he's saying, just use my power and everything will be okay stop trying to perform for me and let me accomplish what it takes to please your spouse please your boss what it takes to live in harmony with everybody else what it takes to live the model christian life just let me do that through you And it's all predicated on us knowing what it means to be born again, that he put his spirit in us and he put his vine in us. And we are the branches. Just let the vine produce the fruit. Isn't it called the fruit of the spirit? It's not the fruit of human labor. It's the fruit of the spirit. And the spirit accomplishes these things and when we know this fact this is when the veil is removed the veil is removed and we can see God here on planet earth we can see the kingdom of God on planet earth isn't that what Jesus told Nicodemus unless you're born again you cannot see the kingdom of God it's veiled well, it's veiled and I think that's where we should go to second Corinthians where it talks about the veil and where it's removed and everything and um, take take off from there okay what I'm talking about is in first Corinthians 3 maybe starting in verse 13 second
1: Corinthians three.
0: Second Corinthians 3 starting in maybe verse 13
1: which we did last week on the isaiah 25 remember it says on this mountain the veil shall be removed and we, we showed that this is mount zion the mountain we came to in the hebrews versus mount sinai which was where the law was given so this is just another example how the veil remained under mount sinai under the old covenant under the law given by Moses but Hebrews said but you did not come to that mount remind I got a funny story to tell I don't know. Oh, <laughs> if you'll ahead. indulge me go ahead I used to drop this guy off that helped me work and I would drop him off at the townhouse where he lived and there was a church fan, and it said Mount Greater Mount Sinai christian fellowship okay. <laughs> oh, 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 that is funny and I just wanted to shoe polish his window and say wrong mountain name that church who, who prophesied that it was going to be removed Isaiah and Isaiah 25 it said on this mountain speaking of Mount Zion where the new covenant would be inaugurated by the Holy Spirit the veil will be removed off the faces of all people
0: Yes, because they they were under the veil of the old covenant, covenant, and they were fearful and trembling and saying, "Don't give us any more commands, lest we die." It was just horrible. And God said, "Hey, I'm going to remove
1: the veil Which in did, Mount Zion." Right, and so they did. They had veiled faces in on Mount Sinai when the law was given, and you're. About to explain how that veil remained the whole time the law was right. given,
0: because on when they were at Mount Sinai, the veil was on Moses's face, literally.
1: Yeah,
0: not allegorically speaking. It was literally on there, and it's spoken about here in Second Corinthians where. It gets taken off in in the New Testament, but it, it literally says, having therefore such hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are not as Moses who used to put a veil over his face that the sons of Israel might not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But their minds were hardened, for until this very day at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. In other words, Christ is Mount Sinai. Yes. That's where we have come to,
1: Mount Sinai, where this veil is removed. And let's just take a look at that. So it says that the glory that Moses had on his face was fading. Yes. Whenever you... you ever been to church and been challenged and committed to do something? I had that experience. And I left church. I was fired up, man. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to make this new commitment. Now, I'm going to do, do my part, and I'm going to do this commitment And I got a a glow on my face. I don't think I ever made it past Monday afternoon before the the glory faded. So that's what Moses is saying. His face was a glow from his commitment. With determination. With determination. But he was embarrassed about the fading. Yes. And I know that embarrassment full
0: well. Because I've faded. I've been so psyched on Sunday after church to do something and on Monday forgot all about it. Yeah, it's it's
1: really why the promise keeper movement faded.
0: It faded away. It faded away. You're right. Okay, so I'll read on. It says, because the veil is removed in Christ, but to this day whenever Moses is read, even now in this 21st century, yep. in the 21st century church, even now when Moses is read, when the law is read, a veil lies over their hearts, our hearts, us. We can't see Christ walking right in front of us if we're thinking this person is just getting points for doing good enough or not. When we're judging that person, we are not seeing Christ in us. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. When you turn towards dependency on the Lord then the veil is removed when you realize that everybody on this planet depends on the lord to do for them what they can't do for themselves which is live a righteous christian life if you know that you can see the lord if you don't you can't see the lord
1: it's getting rated zealous how much we see the lord
0: yes okay so it goes on to say now, the Lord is spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that we receive. Make no mistake about it. The Lord is the spirit that's inside of you. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. But we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of who? Christ. Us? No. No the glory of the Lord we look right in the mirror and we see God because we've just done good we see God in the mirror not Steve or Bill we see God in the mirror because when God is in us manifesting for us we are being transformed into the same image of Christ We begin to look like Christ. We've gone from the glory of the Old Testament to the glory of the New Testament, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the glory of the New Testament. When you can look in the mirror and see Christ in you, the hope of glory, or when you can look at your friend and see Christ in him, the hope of glory. You can see God on planet Earth we've been changed from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit
1: and sadly a lot of translations translate we are transformed from the Lord from glory to ever-increasing glory it's actually from glory to glory and it's in context it's saying from the glory of the old you do your part I'll do my part which was a fading glory That's the glory that lasts till you get out in the parking lot after you've made a commitment to do good things for God. From one glory to the new glory. The everlasting glory. The everlasting glory that never fades. Yes. Because that's
0: what it said about the ministry of the Spirit. Remember, the ministry of the Spirit had an unfailing glory. How shall the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more glorious?
1: It's a glory that doesn't fade. And one was the ministry of righteousness, and one was the ministry of condemnation. Yes. Showing you where you don't measure up. Showing you that you can't do it so that
0: you will say it's not me doing it I can see God all around me doing it it's really quite cool how all this this Bible is constructed in such a way that you can actually learn to see God on earth do you realize people say it's the Bible basic instructions before leaving earth and stuff like that in a way that's true because if you see that this book is instructing you how to actually see God and how to manifest God and how to know when you're manifesting God then it is instructions basic instructions it, it is a beautiful thing too and it's beautiful in that it's a whole new way of life It's completely different from that, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try harder. It's a a way of life, like he said, in Christ Jesus that he teaches everywhere in every church. It's a way of life where you're just waiting for God, for the God of
1: the universe to show off in you. That is the new covenant. Christ in you, it's actually the mystery that was hidden from long generations past, but now revealed, or you could say unveiled to us, which is Christ in us, the hope, the certainty, the promise of glory. Of glory. And glory is that word that simply means the weight of God.
0: And you remember it's, God just said, I'll share my glory with no one.
1: Yes, he did. It's him. But the glory that the old covenant brings, uh, Paul says, is fading. It, it does. There is. It wouldn't work at all, but you are you wouldn't be tempted to try it at all. But there's this something in our natural mind, our fallen nature, that says, yeah, I can do that. And then we don't do it. And Then they say, well, you weren't committed. And that's right, I wasn't committed. Now I'm committed. Now I'm gonna do it. And then that doesn't work. And then they say, Well, you were you tried to do it, you were committed, but you didn't have an accountability partner. You didn't have someone to hold you accountable. Now I can do it. I got I'm committed to doing it. I made a promise. I'm fully committed. And if I slip up, I got two accountability partners watching me. And what happens? It still fails. All our righteousness, all our best effort, all of our Christian church programs, promise keepers, it, none of it works. None of it works. Because you can't get good grapes from a vine that's not abiding in
0: the spirit where the fruit is. From the branches, branches that are... Of the yet there's the no fruit of the spirit is...
1: Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control.
0: You can't get those things, humanly speaking. You try and produce those things when you're around people, and those are the fruits Acts that of the you flesh. want to. But oh, yeah. you, What you produce is far less than them. That's why he said about the Pharisees, you'll know them by their fruits. They were trying real hard to please God, but their fruit didn't taste good. You're allowed to judge for fruit and see if they're bearing true fruit because when you judge the fruit, then you're judging whether you saw God or not, whether you saw the fruit of the Spirit or not, whether you saw the Spirit manifesting itself or not. It's all teaching us the same thing, which is how to see God on a daily basis.
1: Isn't that like Hebrews twelve fourteen? Oh I think. my God, it is. It is. They won't even see the Lord? Without holiness,
0: no one will see the Lord. Oh man, see, that's that's what I'm trying to say, Bill. You nailed it. You nailed it. The whole entire Bible is trying to tell us how to see God. the whole thing is constructed and designed for us to be able to see God and experience God and fellowship with God here on planet earth that's why it can say in first corinthians that if there's any fellowship with Christ because we can fellowship with Christ we can see him because the book is teaching us how to see him you see it's a book from God who teaches you how to see him this book comes from him he spent 3,000 years writing the book and it teaches you how to see him and how to know him and how to experience him and be a vessel that he uses that's why when the disciples asked Jesus when he was on the donkey and the people were throwing palm fronds in front of him, why do you let them do that? And Jesus says, if he didn't do it, the rocks would cry out and do it. God can use anything he wants anything, a donkey, anything he wants, a whale, a fish with a coin in its mouth. He can use anything he wants to do anything he wants but he chooses us as the vessels that he is going to carry out his eternal purpose through by the power of his son that he put in us it's a simple message but it's awesome it's from a god who created the whole universe and he took the time to write this book and when i say took the time again i mean three thousand years he took very much and wrote it through hundreds of people that didn't know what they were saying at the time and it says they looked intently trying to know what manner or how Jesus was going to suffer and and die speaking things that they said that they didn't understand it's all about this book teaching you how to be a vessel that God uses that's what it's about don't you want to be a vessel it, wouldn't that be the greatest privilege of anything On there's nothing better than that there, Paul said I count all things as loss in view of the surpassing value of experiencing God there is nothing more valuable than experiencing God nothing on the planet there's nothing like it to be used by the god of the universe you see that is what this book is about nothing short of learning how to be used by god and knowing that you're the instrument the glorious glorious instrument that god uses because there's thousands of things out there planets and suns and black holes he could use any of that stuff but he chose to use us just mere men who is it man that you should be mindful of him my god it, what a privilege it is and it's a mind blowing privilege you guys it blows me away you can tell
1: I, I, I love it I should say <laughs> it, I think it's in First John 4 no one has ever seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God's love is manifest in us. Yes. People see God. I think it's one of those phantom words. It really is. It really is. Do you get that? Nobody's seen
0: God at any time, but if you're loving people, God is manifesting himself through you so you can see God
1: by faith and it says by this his love is perfected in us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment that's when it's seeing if it's the fruit of you or the fruit of God in the spirit it says we have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is Jesus so are we in this world there is no fear in this kind of love but perfect love casts out fear. We don't. We're not afraid of our fruit anymore. We're not afraid of our being judged as having come from God. We say, "No, God did this through me. God loved this unlovable person through me." And when that happens, people see God. People see God when you do things that impossible for humans to do. We were teaching it in Sunday school to the kids. Remember the Good Samaritan? Uh, It actually doesn't say Good Samaritan. It talks about a Samaritan, but we know it's Christ that it's pointing to. Because just two chapters later, a guy says, Good teacher, what good things must I do to inherit eternal life? And he tells him sell everything he has and give it to the poor. This is an act of love. Because the guy says, I can't do that. And then Jesus said, well, well, who can be saved? Who who can live the eternal life? He says, with men, it's impossible. With the promise keeper movement, it's impossible. With you putting your best effort, it's impossible. With you putting your best effort to accountability partners and making a solid commitment, it's impossible. But with God, it's impossible. How does it's God us. make them with God, it is possible because what we learned in John 15, we abide in the vine, and we produce much fruit, which is the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all part of the new covenant. Amen, amen, Bill, amen. I'll close us in prayer. Father
0: God, thank you for the opportunity to be a vessel that you use, a vessel that you speak through, Father. That's that's all I've ever wanted to be in my whole life. I know that's all Bill ever wants to be either. Allow this ministry to bear fruit a hundred times more than it is now, Father, a thousand, a million times more than it is now, Father. Allow the podcast to go viral when it's in your timing father uh, allow it but for now just anoint the podcast with your spirit of wisdom and revelation so that everybody has eyes to see and ears to hear and a mind that understands the scriptures that you are pointing to today amen in jesus name
1: we love you guys good night good night everyone we love you